0: Today is about how healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, which usually wraps itself up in the seeking of what some might call enlightenment. So just wrap it all up in one big ball. Healing in general is profoundly selfish, it is a selfish pursuit. And I'm doing this and I'm talking about this right now because I want to be so, 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 so clear and maybe not really explore nuance in this little voice recording note that is just going to be here for the sake of posterity, that I am so clear because people hear what they want to hear for various reasons, but I want to make this very basic and very clear. There's a lot of content out there that seeks to explore all the ways that healing and enlightenment are not selfish and have wonderful benefits and impacts on other lives around us. Myself, I explore that too. That's great. That's important nuance. Nuance is so important. More and more and more, especially these days, a culture that just seeks to box us in more and more into the either or. And it can even feel dangerous at times to explore nuance, to want to explore nuance because you're afraid of getting on the wrong side of, of a specific side or group of people. Nuance is so essential. Embodying and living in The both and reality of life on earth is so important, especially as we get more polarized. But I see this so clearly. People are craving nuance. They are craving harmony and integration and balance. And with fewer and fewer resources available for people to do that, it is so not okay. So. All of that said, so important to explore nuance. But right here and now, I would just want to keep it real basic. Anytime an individual seeks healing of any kind and embarks on an authentic spiritual path or journey, it is purely for selfish reasons. And that is not bad in any way. In any way, shape, or form, there is no such thing as bad or low vibe or unevolved when it comes to the selfish motivation of seeking healing and a spiritual path. First, let me break down physical healing. When anyone goes to a doctor seeking physical healing, the only reason, the only reason is so that they no longer suffer. You can go to a doctor to get improvement like a plastic surgeon, but under that, every single time, the root reason is to lessen or eradicate your suffering. Anytime we seek spiritual healing, that could also include physical healing, like going to a traditional healer, it's a holistic experience. So all areas of well-being are being addressed and looked at. Spiritual healing is so that you no longer suffer. You are seeking relief and release. Permanent release and relief from suffering. Anytime someone wraps all that up, and it just sort of seems to wrap it all itself all up at the same time, seeking spiritual healing, seeking physical healing and embarking on an authentic spiritual path that leads to what some might term enlightenment. The only reason is to end your individual suffering. Enlightenment, what do I mean by that? As I go deeper into learning about Advaita Vedanta, there is no goal accomplished enlightenment. When someone seeks any kind of ultimate peak spiritual state, it is not an accomplishment and it is not a goal. It already is. You are already free. You are already liberated. So there's nothing to achieve. There's nothing to accomplish. There is no goal. It's already there. So in white of Vedanta, it's simply remembering what already is and then abiding in that remembering oh yeah I remember I'm already free okay now I'm gonna be that I am already free so that's that's that it's settled <laughs> the issue of why there are daily practices and disciplines around this is because the world helps us to forget our lives make us forget that we're already free so that's what that's all about enlightenment is simply just remembering that you're already free and then abiding remaining in embodying that freedom for the rest of your life. Super simple. Nothing complicated about it. And the only reason why, the only reason why anyone seeks that abiding state of inner being for the rest of their life is so they don't suffer anymore. I listened to uh, the most wonderful Swami. uh, Maybe I'll link to him because he's just so effing great. Just all pretense gone. All just, it's so refreshing. It's like this balm to my soul to be in the presence of spiritual elders who just don't give a fuck. All pretense gone. It's so beautiful. Anyway, this Swami is just, oh, it's such a relief. Oh, it is such a relief to just be, to just be in truth. No complexity, no complicatedness, no striving, no no such thing as better or worse. Just is. Just is. So there's nothing complicated. There's nothing difficult to strive for about any of this. It already is. Uh, it's just that our lives, our conditioning, our beliefs make it so that we forget. So, with that said, very clearly, hopefully very clearly, the only reason why an individual seeks healing and enlightenment of any variety in any tradition is to solve the problem of suffering. Period. Full stop. Now I want to break down why there is nothing wrong about that and why there's nothing good about that. It just is. It just is. It's a neutral thing. Traditions and the new age industry and the messy, confusing blending of all of that, mixing up of all of that in the marketplace, make it seem like there are a lot of flavors of good and bad, of punishment and reward. That's the religious flavoring that has come in and sort of melted itself in certain modalities, in certain traditions. And there is some layers of nuance as you sort of spread out that can legitimately Hint at and hold those flavors of this is less, this is better, this is good, this is bad. Don't want to touch that. And in fact, on my own path, it has felt so good to just let go of all of it and just keep it so simple, so stripped down, so bare bones because those layers of complexity, as beautiful as they can be, as fulfilling as they can be, I care so much about context my own individual context, my own conditioning, my own upbringing, my own traumatic experiences, my own tendencies, my karmas, my cycles, habits, and addictions. Make it so that complexity leads to analyzing and analyzing for me leads to compartmentalizing and binding myself up and getting in my own way. So for myself, for my own healing journey, Letting go of complexity and all those layers has been enormously freeing. It's helped me to remember what already is, which is that I'm already free. I am freedom. Not just I'm, I'm in a state of freedom. I just am that. I am already freedom. So anyway, ego, identity, these flavors of good and bad and the misinformation and narratives and stories and beliefs and things to heal those beliefs around ego. I want to be really clear. So, 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 so clear right now. There is nothing wrong with ego. It just is. Ego identity. So there can, there can always be that that misinformed belief that when we talk about ego, we're talking about narcissism or selfishness or someone just being a douchemonger and an asshole. That can be part of it, but that's a tiny part of it. Ego identity is essential for human life on earth. You have to have an individual separate identity or you will be dead. You cannot function in life on earth without a separate individual ego identity. Furthermore, as I've been learning in, in Vedanta, your thinking mind is where the I am thought resides. The I am this identity. I am this. I am that. I am this. And, and also, it goes, it goes both ways. The I am thought of, I am not that, but I'm this. I am not this, but I am that. All of that resides in our thinking mind. Whether or not it's true or not, I'm not even going to touch. Not even going to touch. That's important nuance, but I'm not touching it right now. The thinking mind, the analyzing thinking mind that identifies us with specific roles and functions and identities in life is not the enemy it cannot be fixed what is there to fix it cannot be eradicated why would you want to you'll be dead in a heartbeat (laughs) you're done you're gone and again a little bit of nuance there when we look at like enlightened beings and gurus who enter mahasamadhi and they die and they're done and whatever All that stuff, leave it alone. Just put it down right now. There is absolutely nothing wrong or nothing good about ego identities. And we don't just have one ego, that's another thing. I mean, for the sake of simplicity, we can just be like, yeah, I have an ego, I'm an ego. There's so many roles and identities that are ego identities that we each have as individuals. And there's nothing wrong with it. Inherently, it's a neutral thing. It can cause issues, it can be an issue, but inherently by itself, objectively speaking, it's a neutral thing. There's nothing wrong about it and there's nothing good about it, it just is. And it's necessary for life on earth to be an individual separate person with ego identities. There's nothing to eradicate there. There's nothing to fix there. The key, the key here is to understand very clearly that I am selfishly motivated and I have, I am not that, but I have ego identities. The issues that arise from that are a few. Just being so clear here, hopefully, hopefully. With ego identities and with selfish motivation, almost always for people alive on earth results in attachments limitations and those attachments and limitations lead to impacting negatively or positively whatever you want to term it as others and other life around you so it's like a root with a trunk and branches my ego identities result in attachments that cause me suffering. I don't need to eradicate any of those ego identities to stop suffering. If I am seeking healing and enlightenment, I don't need to eradicate or kill off although we use that a lot, ego death, that term. There is nothing there that is the enemy. It's essential. It's just life. What happens with healing and a spiritual path is what Jason Gregory is also another really good resource for clearing up confusion and misinformation around non-duality. It's just Eastern non-duality that has been so integrated in modern new age marketplace stuff he's really good at clearing that up and the word he uses is downregulate. your ego identity can be down regulated so that it's not in your way anymore and just generally speaking in non-duality traditions you can reach an embodied state where you no longer identify with your ego identities. That isn't actually the truth of who you are. You're abiding in the truth of who you are, but the ego identities are still there. They're still there. And that's not an enemy thing. That's not a bad thing. That's not something that needs to be fixed eradicated or killed, just downregulated so that you are feeling everything that a human being could feel and experience as being alive as a human being on this earth, but you are no longer suffering as a result and you are no longer attaching to the need and the want and the drive for. So just one more example of that, and then I'll stop. It is possible, although it doesn't seem that way. Especially as I'm recording this in between mass shootings and other toxic patriarchal shenanigans here in the divided states of America. (laughs) We're not united at all. It can seem absolutely impossible, and really important to read the room and not present this when the suffering is so real and the fear and trauma are so real. But it is possible for an individual to no longer suffer while they're alive and in their body, living their life. It is very possible. That does not mean that you no longer feel pain you absolutely still feel everything, but you no longer suffer for it or as a result of it. It is possible. Doesn't seem that way, as things, especially as the upheaval gets more upheavally. It is very possible. I've glimpsed it for myself. I've had a direct experience of it. That doesn't mean I abide in it permanently. <laughs> but I have glimpsed it and it isn't a complicated thing. And it's also not a goal to accomplish. Really clear about this. It is not a goal to accomplish, but it is very possible. And so what leads to that? Downregulating of the ego identities, plural, that reside in my thinking mind as the I am thought. I am this, but not that. I am her, but not her. I am him, but not that. And then all the attachments that immediately and automatically come with that as like a suitcase package of baggage. Since I am those things, I want this, but I don't want that. I need that, but I don't need that. I want, I need, it's just a big bundle wrapped up with the thinking mind. None of that is an enemy to be eradicated. When you let go of something, when you release and surrender something, that doesn't mean it goes away or is destroyed or is removed permanently. You just, it's still there. It can still be there. You just took your hands, metaphorically speaking, and your fingers just popped open and relaxed. So you're no longer clinging to it. It's still there. It doesn't mean it's destroyed. It doesn't mean it went away. It's still there. You just let go. I just let go. And so the thing with with attachments, attaching to anything as a result of our ego identities that's what leads to suffering and the whole point of healing is to stop the suffering and the whole point of an authentic spiritual path regardless of tradition is to embody a certain state of inner being and all of that is selfishly motivated and that is a completely neutral thing it is neither good nor bad It's just, it just is. And you can let go of ego identities and downregulate so that they no longer are in control of your life or your life experiences or your relationships or what you do. And as a result, your attachments to how things should be or not be, or what you get or what you don't get, they don't disappear nothing is eradicated you've just let go and it no longer causes suffering you're no longer on a wheel of ups and downs and as impossible as that seems in this day and age it isn't not impossible and so i'm gonna stop there leave it at that as always if someone has heard this i hope i was clear i hope i was clear thank you. And be well. Okay, bye-bye.